can do Two thumbs undecided Everybody's jamming their thumbs up in the air And who do we have to thank? I'll tell ya, it's me, da 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 Zachary Ferguson, <laughs> hey, hey, who's this, who's this guy over here? What is this? I'm... His, his sign says, give me two thumbs. What's your name, stranger? I'm Sam Ferguson. Hey, come with me, you have my last name. Hi, <laughs> and no we're relation. together, yeah, together we're two thumbs. Do you want to come up with a theme song, Zach? I do. Um, I told you a few episodes ago that I do like the music we have, but, you know, like comedy Bang Bang and shows before it, there's always like a... You know, it has to be original. Yeah. And or I feel just like... like um, what's it called? Um, uh, Stuff You Should Know. They have, like, three different songs that they, like, they have... I mean, normally, I feel like with radio shows or podcasts, they have, like, fans create the music for them, you know? Right. Yeah. So, um, our fans or... out there, first check out our uh, Patreon page, which we have up. Have you checked that in the past um, few weeks? I, re I really haven't because I want to one day go on there and be like, holy smokes, there is so much money. Well, you're the person in charge of the, of the, your account is attached, so. Oh, uh, well, I can tell you, I don't think I got in any bings. Okay. Ooh, well, shoot. if you guys. Maybe that's why I've. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, there's only. <laughs> what? Uh, do you want me to tell you how many Patreons we have? What? Uh, we have one, and it's with $4. <laughs> hey, I'll take hey, it. Here's the thing. We have a pandemic on, okay? I don't... Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to support, good. But, like, uh, I think there's a lot of other stuff. Well, okay. Here's, yeah. Okay. True. Uh, you know... Also, I there's think no any... film festivals going on. There are no film festivals going on. It's... I'm more just saying this to just be like, you know, we have a Patreon account. You know, if you want to give. But I understand if you don't. There's also, you know. there's been a lot of people who are been under hot water being like, you know, five bucks is not that much. And if you don't give five bucks, you're a bum. You're a dirty, stinky. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Who's saying this? <laughs> uh, like other Stitch, uh, not Stitch Premium, uh, like the Twitch people, they're saying oh. it. I've seen people with their fancy chairs and like they look like they're trying to be you know the face of twitch but like they're bad mouthing their own fans like who's the called... one guy with the purple hair uh purpley purple head no that's not it but uh, uh yeah I, just... I have no idea he's the famous one look um... all, i i do not know that stuff and honestly i've already i mean i like the h3h3 guy but i've already my my phase my crazy love for him has died down to a normal I'll watch his new stuff and that's it. Yeah. Um though it's know. it's so it's so funny hearing H3H3's podcast and then going back to Comedy Bang Bang podcast. Um there's just a difference in like comedy. Yes. Like, like it just a feels big difference. Not I'm not I'm saying big difference in the sense that one feels like taught or 
like trained Mm -hmm. and the other one's just kind of like i'm a youtuber i made up my own stuff and people thought it was funny which hey i say good for both of them but i honestly if i had to be under the wings of one i would go with scott ackerman yes because he is a an actual comedian who's who is has written for a wide variety of things shows and things i also Um, i just think that land i just really believe i mean different strokes for different folks but i really feel like the com- the true comedy scene like of of stand up you get it's more exposed like radiation wise i think the radiation of pure stand up or like being out there you get exposed to what like to true what they would teach you in college if they taught humor which they do i just mm-hmm. don't think youtubing the format from what i've seen even from my favorite i i just don't think their comedy it, it's a it's a different kind of funny and i i don't think it's a real it's a really great comedy but there I mean, are millions of fans out there i mean you're talking to me i uh i never liked h3h3 so um, i thought you said you well, did i i have no you they're on fine your... i mean i, I don't I, think I just, they're comedy I never, kings i don't I think they're comedy compare kings. them to uh no to comedy bang bang or any comedy podcast well no i i would actual comedians yeah i would thing is is like i wonder where we would be ranked i don't know but anyways this is two thumbs <laughs> we don't have excited. enough yeah we are a media and based podcast we talk, we talk about, about media uh we like to be funny sometimes you know sometimes these these harsh times um i uh, will say sam i think last week i think last week was probably the most like un like I was, I felt like my tone was much more like oh, I'm so sad. Well, I don't think that came across last week. We talked oh, first good. off last week. My audio was horrible. Uh, you could hear what I was saying, but this week we are back to how we were before. Yes. Um, where I'm speaking into a professional mic, Zach speaking into his mic. Um, so we should be better this time. Film news, uh, Zach. Yes. What's going on in the film news world? Well, not too much. I will say uh, um, Spider-Man Enter the Spideyverse or Spider-Verse 2 is got a year date. It will be on 2021. So that's a year after this. We'll probably have a, a cure by then. And, you know, a whole smack dab full of uh, other uh, virus movies. So that's True. that's news. Um, I also read somewhere that the film comment was going under, uh, but I'm reading this now and I think it's more of just, uh, they're doing a bunch of, you know, layoffs for, for those of you who don't know, the film comment is the, the New York film fest or the not, or sorry, it's yeah. Film at Lincoln center. It's their, um, basically it's their podcast slash news like uh film column that they have um and it's it's going under some troubling times right now there's an article that was came out a little bit ago um on april 28th uh basically saying that they've uh crossed the board salary cuts furloughs layoffs of of some of the full-time staff and part-time staff um and did you say for the lincoln center it's for the Lincoln Center, but 
No. Yeah, well, I mean, for the Lincoln Center, yeah, but for the film Comet, I think the film Comet is close, is, it's on the brink of not being around anymore. Much like how, um, I mean, uh, uh, what's it called? UCB went under officially in New York. <gasps> really? UCB? Yeah, UCB. I had not, Upright that Citizens is, Brigade went under I consider in New that York. Me- wow, was that recent? That was actually a while ago. That was like a month ago. Oh, well, I guess that, that was in the thralls of April, I considered to be kind of the epicenter of when things got to its peak. Yeah, now, I mean, everything was now peaking. On, well, like, I think I I consider from the maps um, I've been reading and calculating myself, <laughs> um, April 15th through the 18th, around that time, was when it was truly bad, in at least in the United States. And now we're on, like, a very, very slow... But that's sad. I was I was actually thinking about if I did move to to New York that I would like to try to sign up for UCB. We're talking yeah. about the Upright Citizens Brigade, right? No, I'm talking about the uh, the undercover uh, mm-hmm. cop uh, brigade. Uh, I've always wanted more cops in New York. That's that's yeah. what I always. Well, I mean, you wouldn't about. know about them in undercover. Um. But yeah, so there's that is going on. Um, also, I mentioned this last week or two weeks ago about how um, the Universal picked a fight with AMC, and AMC said that they're not going to show any. Uh, Actually, I brought that up. Or you brought that up, yeah. And then I was telling someone about it. Um, I found out today though that the surprisingly Universal backed down, which I thought it would go the other way. Yeah, I thought the big, I thought the little, I thought that's how it worked. The little dog takes over, you know? I would yeah. love to go to a Universal Theater. Think about that. Well, I AMC. wasn't. I wasn't thinking of that. I think. Oh. First off, that's a, illegal because there was the whole oh, court studio. case. Yeah, it turns into the studio system again, which is. In 1948, there was a law that passed that studios um, cannot do exhibition, distribution, and production because then that's a monopoly um so that's why you don't see universal theater like an actual theater uh that's why that's there's specific companies that do distribute or exhibition like amc oh that saddens Um, me why does that sadden you don't you you love monopolies do you love you you do like the game monopoly i do like the game monopoly but i gotta tell you you know when you can do a monopoly that means you have the chance of making a monopoly if there isn't an ability to make a monopoly then i can't do a monopoly i can't become filthy rich so so what you're saying is is you're upset that universal can't be a monopoly because therefore you can't be a monopoly yeah i mean who knows maybe i can start a theater called like zacky zacks uh you know, maybe I make a production company, my company called A Plus Good Productions. I'm sticking with it. And uh, I want to do A Plus Good Theaters. That's just, there's a whole chain of good ideas for A Plus Good. Hmm. A Plus Good Foods. I mean, wait a hold on a tip. Isn't Disney a monopoly? They don't have movie theaters, though. Secretly do, probably. I don't think also, so. By the way, I think this is just a side conversation. Oh, no, this is a side. I'll talk to you off camera. I, I, I was about to say, the movies I'm currently working on, I may put under the guise of, with your permission, and a contract, 
under the guise of two thumbs undecided, but that's just a thought I had. All right. Because I think it would um, be, I think it would be great if when we're making movies, we try to up our brand of two thumbs undecided. Like, I think it would be funny, not fun. It would be a fun thing to look back on and be like, wait, two thumbs undecided was a podcast radio yeah. show. Maybe. It's I was like, thinking of doing that with um the I mean, t- the app that I'm making. I mean, I think Two Thumbs Undecided works for a lot of stuff. You can do food. It kind of plays off that whole thing of my production company, A Plus Good Production. It's Two Thumbs Undecided. You're undecided. Is it good? Is it bad? Speaking of, <laughs> of production companies spreading out uh, yeah. outside of um, just films, um, Alora Pictures who did Good Time, who did Uncut Gems. Uh, they the Safdie recently, brothers. The Safdie brothers. Um, also Oscar Boyson and uh, Ronald Bronstein um, and a few others. They started a online, an online radio show, much like ours, um, but it's hosted on the Alora page and it's called Alora FM. Uh, it's a live radio show. Um that seems to be i think it started i don't know if it, uh, i don't know how long it's been going on but i think it's it's going fairly consistently hmm so hmm, the i started listening thing. to it uh, you know i mean the, the allura pictures i feel like they're kind of like um they they really pride themselves on being like really indie, you know, of of, of pulling up all the stops of like all these random people, who no one's heard of, uh, and I now, I'm not as interested in some of the stuff. Um, they're not like, I mean, it's a good thing too. They're not bringing on like you know names that you know. They're trying to introduce new people, but I feel like sometimes they bring their people on just to be weird and Mm -hmm. it's not really that interesting interesting um and also a little bit in film news i am holded with bated breath breath by the way bated breath for sam's uh email whenever um uh roger corman says you got that award oh yeah i didn't get it i probably Oh, you, he already announced it? Yeah, he announced it Wednesday. I don't even know, actually. I just know I didn't. Oh. Maybe he oh. did. You know what? I'm I mean, going to have to check that. Check. Um, but uh, I am really excited. There is no transition to our topic because I'm excited. Oh, you know what? Um, let's smoothly, fluidly go into our topic today. No. Oh, hold on a second. Let's stop what we're talking about right now, Sam. And go into motion with our next topic, which is stop it, uh, stop animation, <laughs> stop animation, stop motion animation. Hi. So tell them how we came to this. Originally, you said claymation. So originally, I said uh, claymation because I thought, well, a lot of stop motion animation is claymation, anyways. But then the reason why I really wanted to talk about it was um, Ray Harryhausen is very much one of my like his i've watched a lot of his early like his stuff and i love it um 
But then I realized I looked up Ray, Ray uh, Harryhausen, and he's not considered a clay an animator. He's considered a stop motion model animator, which I guess there's kind of a difference. But um, stop motion is the function of taking something and then stopping the camera and then moving it so there's action to it. So moving anything, the object, not the camera. Yeah, moving the 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 object so it could look like something that usually doesn't move or like gives it life. And um, Zach so made any... one of the first things that, well, one of an early thing Zach did was a, a stop action claymation cartoon. And animation. Literal Dynamo, which yeah. you should download and figure out how to get that online. It's on, uh, it's on Vimeo. If you look up literal oh, Dynamo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I've, Oh, and uh, what am I talking about? It's also on YouTube under my channel, Zachary. Well, Ferguson. There you go. Um, uh, but so stop animation <clears throat> is a beautiful thing that back before CGI was one of the ways people made monsters move, uh, or like big creatures. It was a function of creatures. If they didn't, if they, it wasn't a person in a costume, they were using stop animation. You may have seen this in such movies as. Jason and the Argonauts, The Seventh uh, Voyage of Sinbad, the most famous one I would probably have to say, well, actually, the, the one that is in the top 100 AFI is King Kong, hmm. which is stop animation. And that was, the stop animation was by Willis, yeah, let me clear my throat, Willis H. O'Brien, uh, who did uh, King Kong, The Lost World, in Mighty Joe Young, mm -hmm. which was shown to me many times in middle school during their mid. Uh, I remember watching club. that with you in middle school. Mm -hmm. I was, remember it, there was a there was a movie club that I Zach. I was only in middle school for one year with Zach uh, when I was in sixth grade and he was in eighth grade, and um, he uh, throughout. Let me tell you a thing about Zach in high school, in middle school, and high school is he really tried to seem like the older brother who didn't want to hang around the younger brother. So I would, as soon as he saw me in the hallways, he saw me in class. And it was the one time we ever had class together was this this after, because technically it was a class. It was this movie club thing. And Zach just wouldn't talk to me. And he would just hang with his friends. And I felt so isolated the first and second day, but then I felt I, I went back into it. But um... all right, well, I'm sorry <laughs> for that. I'm glad you can get your drama out on on live radio because that's what people want. They want the bad. But that was we watched the, of... the what is it called? Young the the not it's King young... Kong. It was called Young Joe, Mighty Joe Young. But you know what? Yes. Since you brought up my bad brothering, um, <laughs> no, I guess you never did that to me. But um, I didn't understand what being. I was like, you do your thing, and I'll do my thing. I was hmm. trying to. I think in my head, I was like, you're Sam Ferguson, and I'm Zagri Ferguson. But uh, and I didn't Mighty understand. J so King Kong. Okay. Uh... Anyways, I just will let everybody know Sam and I ha are uh, have a very healthy brotherly relationship. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, we do. Um, so, 
but so the King Kong was 1933, and that's that was like the first one that you said. Um, right. There was also before that 1925. There was the movie The Lost Wor- World, mm-hmm. um, based on the Arthur Conan Doyle fantasy, um, and it kind of uh, it it created the technique for getting stop motion and live action footage on screen at the same time, uh, which later O'Brien uh, and or Willis animator Willis O'Brien used for King Kong. So The Lost World was like the original king kong really so really lost world was kind of the original stop motion as we know but it today. If, you, if you watch uh if you do see the lost world uh the the feature film it looks very much kind of like the uh like toy like the toy dinosaurs you would get that don't move um it looked i mean anybody could probably do it now because we have the technology ourselves but mm-hmm. the interesting thing i think about the evolution of stop motion animation is so king kong was like whoa this is amazing this is fantastic but i guess um willis o h o brian and his apprentice at the time uh ray harryhausen who who uh did mighty joe young with him mm-hmm. the thing that i think they were trying to do differently that i guess was seen in king kong is the fur on King Kong moved around like you could tell where the like the fur would be pushed up and it looked like it was being moved like it looked like it was being tousled mm-hmm. its fur so the thing that they try to do differently in Mighty Joe Young is that the fur never went all over the place mm. and that was that was a little bit uh thanks to to Ray uh Ray Harryhausen who as we know I mean Harris H O'Brien is the you know the godfather of stop motion animation but to my opinion ray harryhausen i mean his influence goes deep and he did I mean, argonauts and he did uh the clash of the titans clash of the titans which in my i love i remember watching clash of the titans all the time but uh he did like it from a thousand feet like his stuff uh two thousand mile uh miles to earth he did a squid movie i remember like he's done a lot of great stuff, and without him, I think he also did. I want to check, um, Earth. Um, I think he did this movie that I remember watching and loving called Earth versus the Flying Saucers, which hmm. yes, um, yes it was the the film stop motion animation special effects were created by Ray Harryhausen. In that movie, which Sam, you and I watched together, and yes. uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm I'm I may be whitewashing history, oh not whitewashing, but gaslighting history. But I leaned over to you and I said, Sam, you're my brother, you can talk to me, but I'm gonna talk to you and say, Hey Sam, we should watch this movie. Do you feel no. appreciated? I. And those are said, things that scarred me for life. You can't change it. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, whatever you got to say. You know, when people say, happy. I'm just kidding, <laughs> that means, of course, and then it's a thousand times worse. Hmm. You know what? I, I'm just going to become the villain. All right? Well, I'm, I'm sorry. Gonna... I mean, Zach, it's, it's you were in high school and middle school, not in marching, well, kind of in marching band, but towards the end a little bit more so. You were, you know... But I would have been the same way, you know? It's like you're the older brother. 
But like you saying, like you have your friends, I have my friends. To me, I always was looking up to my older brother and like his friends and being like that. See, I keep saying like looking up to my older brother and thinking that, you know, it's it's the older kids. It's cool hanging out with the older kids. Mm-hmm. So and you did. I cast I you in all my movies. I know. Just to know. let you know. But continuing on with an, uh, stop animation, oh, I think the I hope next Sam doesn't come and kill me now. I think the one of the other additions at the same time, uh, around you know the Argonauts, and in the '60s was this introduction of, you know, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer by Rankin Ooh. and Bass Productions. Yes, um, which were these classic. I mean, classic uh, uh, Christmas movies. Um, they did Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, they did, uh, they they did so many different ones. Um, and that was another, uh, I don't know if they really changed things with stop animation, but it, it definitely was one of the first films that was fully stop animation and it was all just stop animation. It wasn't mixing the two. Um, but that was a big step forward, um, with stop animation. Um, but then, you know, there's there's one of the people who I truly grew up with more so than, say, I mean, I watched a lot of uh, Ray Harryhausen movies, but the movies that I really like to rewatch over and over again were uh, Tim Burton movies. And mm. he always, he loved claymation and a lot of his claymation, or he, he lo- yeah, he loved uh, stop animation with the claymation. Mm-hmm. And he... His one of his main influences was Ray Harryhausen, um, especially with um, Earth versus the Fla- uh, Flying Saucers. By the way, I'm just going to take a quick note out and say that I love verse movies. Anything with ver- I think I've said this before, but I love it in movies when it's blankety blank verse blankety blank. Something about the aesthetic of the VS dot just tickles me funny yeah like, like uh, santa think, claus versus the martians santa call but let's i mean i'm going off a little bit but what is like oh i mean scott versus the universe scott pilgrim I, versus the universe yeah i'm i'm you, just you trying like to think that movie i did i i have a very sweet memory that was my first date movie ever wow uh girl it's a good date movie mm, yeah oh no it was a great movie girl was not interested yeah, well, who uh, cares? In my first date movie, me being a man, uh, but oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that story. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, hey, you win some, you lose some. You got the, um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Tim Burton was a big, uh, he pushed a lot, oh. um, with stop animation. He made James and Giant Peach. Um, uh, actually, no, he didn't, my good friend. Nightmare. That was not even, I think, produced by him. But oh. I want to, I want to tell you why there is a common misconception, and I will tell you shortly. The Nightmare oh. Before Christmas and James and the Giant Peach were bo- uh, both directed by a man named Henry Selick, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, Henry Selick, who mm. was commissioned to do some uh, videos like shorts for mtv i believe or 
uh, the British equivalent of MTV, but he did like these little shorts that were showed on music video channels on mm-hmm. TV. And Tim Burton was like, hey, this guy is pretty cool. Let's make his movies. Mm-hmm. So Henry Selleck, more, I mean, Henry Selleck, I think, is a perfect match for Tim Burton because if you look at Tim Burton's first, really his first animated piece or first anything, it's Vincent. Mm-hmm. And the style of Vincent looks a lot like Henry Selleck's uh, version in like James and the Giant Peach. Um, but, uh, Henry Selleck went on to, uh, direct and be, you know, the art animator for Coraline. Yes. And, and I feel, talk about auteurs. I mean, you can say that Harryhausen and, you know, all these stop animation people, like the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeers, they, they, well, I would say the, the, the Christmas specials, they definitely have kind of a, a tour, but I can always tell when it's a Henry Selleck uh, video or like mm. movie it just has this weird kind of like vibe to it and he's only directed one two three four four movies and they are the looks nightmare like, um oh, go ahead he looks well yeah it, you have jam you have nightmare before christmas james and the giant peach monkey bone which is a which is a um a brendan fraser movie that apparently is not very good and then Coraline. Hmm. But uh, he kind of looks like what I was gonna say. He kind of looks like Michael Bay. But uh, uh, Michael Bay, if he was like some weirdo artist guy. Yeah. No, if he was actually, you know. But if you want to, if you want to, uh, like a short that is kind of scary, he directed this thing called this uh, short movie called Slow Bob in the Lower Dimensions. Ooh. Uh, it is that sounds right up your alley. Oh, it is so weird. Talk about like art like it everything is gothic, but it's also very it's it's very scary in my opinion. But if we're uh, going to be talking about uh influences on um Tim Burton, uh I think we have to talk about Young Young Schwunkmeyer. <laughs> uh give it to You me. know who you know who he is. Or have I talked to you about him? Um, Young Schwunkmeyer was a Czech director in the 60s, oh, 70s. yes. Um, okay, I know who, who this is. He did a lot of shorts at first. Um, but he, during that time, um, Czech, the then... Czechoslovakia was part of the Soviet Union. So there was a lot of um, restrictions on what they could make. Um, so a lot of his early shorts were deemed illegal. Um, and he was actually, I think it was him, he was forced not to, like for 10 years, he wasn't allowed to make a film. Um, and uh, because a lot of his shorts were, had, connections to like anti-government anti like control um and a lot of his videos are really fascinating because they they take humans um and uh you know the some of it stop or some they take the human form and then it's all about like kind of not body mutilation in the, in the fact of like you know the fly for instance where it's like the body is like physically falling off 
but it's it's like it the body deforms. It is kind of body horror, though. It's body horror. We'll say that he does right, a lot of like, body horror things. I guess it's not supposed to make you feel like it's horror, but it's very like fleshy. It makes the flesh seem um, like clay. Like if I touched you, I become you. Um, maybe yeah. you can speak more on that. There's one film where like two guys are kissing or about to kiss, and they just their faces just mesh together. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a weird dude. Um, and that was I forget which one that was, but um, I mean he's done so many short. Most of his stuff is shorts. Um, but it, he 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 made a few feature legs films. Um, the first one I think being uh Alice, which came out in the in the eighties. Um, and then he did another movie called. Which I wrote by a whole the, paper about called Conspirators. By the way, everybody, what? That's Al, that Alice is a super art housey, very trippy um, take on Alice. Uh, Alice uh, in the Wonderland. Alice's yeah. Adventure in Wonderland. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is a this is this is not your typical Alice in Wonderland film. This is a weird, a really strange one. Um, and that came out in the eighties, and then he made a film, um called i did a whole paper on it called conspirators of pleasure which is weird um all of his stuff is really strange but he was he's another instance of of uh of stop animation and an inspiration to tim burton to say the least i would say at least for the creepiness um though i'm seeing on his one (laughs) wikipedia page his his greatest influences were on Surreal people like Terry Gilliam and the Brothers Quar. I don't know who the heck they are, but um, if you know the Brothers Quar, there you go. They're from Pennsylvania. But yeah, Terry Gilliam, I mean, heck, Terry Gilliam. I would say Terry Gilliam is more of a, uh, like a paper, like a collage animator, not a stop animation animator. Because I, I believe... So another definition of the stop animation trope is 3D. It's not on like a flat surface, really. It like it has um, depth to it, like actual depth, uh, physical depth in the real world. Mm-hmm. And somebody else who, on the same line as shorts and and people that we've come to know and love, like the uh rudolph's and the santa comes to town is somebody that i feel like everybody's really grown up with is nick park hmm. who created the shorts uh wallace and gromit and hmm. and creature comforts which was his first thing and got an oscar for and then recently uh sean the sheep which yeah I guess and is... he um nick park uh teamed up with um or he started also with Ard Ardman Animation um right. which is kind of synonymous I think with Nick Park maybe I'm wrong for um, uh, for the most part he's very much that's like if you see that you're going to see a um you're going to see a a Nick Park production but I'm also seeing here that one of the the um original like one of one of the things that got Nick Park big uh was the music video uh for Peter Gabriel called Sledgehammer yeah, boy. Um, which came out in 1986. Um, and that was kind of the, the start of 
Well, when did he get that Oscar? Well, he he got the Oscar for Creature Comforts, uh, which was in 1989. And then he also got it for The Wrong Trousers. Yeah. Yeah, so he's like killing it with the uh, the animation field. Yeah, and then he and made you know and then he well, went it's... on to make uh well the wrong trousers is Wallace and Gromit. He's uh yeah. Um and then he's made a few others and then he also made um Chicken Run. Yes. Uh Chicken Run which I I I like his movies are kind of like a little iffy like he did Chicken Run and then he did Wallace and Gromit, The Curse of the Rare Rabbit, which I remember as a kid being a little scared of, I gotta say. I... Because it was, uh, I... you know, I I didn't understand why they were like, oh, let's make a feature film, but have one of the most beloved characters turn into a rabbit. That's just, that yeah, you freaks didn't like me transformations. out. No, um... like have, have them fight somebody who turns into a rabbit, not the person I love turn into a rabbit. Yeah. I actually had a conversation about this. Um, it, uh, I thought it was like a sellout when I first heard that they were making a movie. Cause I was like, Wallace and Gromit is the shorts. They do the shorts. And then I heard they were making a movie and I was, I was confused. I, well, I wasn't confused. I, that was around the time when I started realizing that movies sell out, you know, that's when, um, you know, when I started realizing that movies were more into the buck than the than the actual art form, um, so I was kind of like sad that Wallace and Gromit was making a a feature film. But I get um, it. Yeah, no, it's uh, uh, also just a real quick side note. Um, at the beginning of this podcast, I ordered some ribs because oh my god. Uh, oh, okay, good. Whew. Um, the thing is, is these ribs usually take like an hour to make. And like to get here for some reason that took them 30 minutes uh but my roommate just said he has them so oh nice uh, anyways no so um i i think from their perspective i think their thing because feature films some people make feature films because that's the format they feel more confident in and then others make shorts because that's all they can do i mean for instance I've been working on this one movie for the longest time, and I've finally come to the realization that I have to make it, if anything, it has to be episodic. It's just, there's a different format to it. So I think, I think for Nick Park, the argument would be that they were like, let's turn this into a movie, but let's make it right. Like our favorite characters. And that, I mean, you can also say that for like The Simpsons. Also, it I, I don't, disagree that yes it is a, a money like you're gonna get a lot more money for a, a feature than you are gonna get for a short mm -hmm. um, but that's like the next step um so for nick park he seems like it doesn't seem like he does much shorts anymore mm -hmm. uh he's done a few you know well <laughs> it's funny all he's really done now is uh sean the sheep yeah, Stop. I mean, at some point. <gasps> oh, gotta... and he's do... I guess he's doing a chicken run. Too. Oh, another one? Yeah, he's doing a chicken run too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, stop animation is is definitely very different than it used to be. Uh, for one, now that we have three D printing, um, 
especially with you know places that have a budget you can kind of make things uh quicker and easy more easily uh and have it more consistent with 3 3d printing digital things in general and just uh this thing called go motion do you know what that is go motion is that with like go like gopro ultimately the go motion process which was essentially a way to capitalize on motion control mechanisms um it seems like it's a mix between uh like a green screen kind of thing but it was used in jurassic park um interesting i mean there's animatronics but there wasn't really any animation except for cg i Mm. um Uh, though i will say hmm. there is some there is one company that will that still thrives on the on the art of stop animation and they they're still doing stuff is uh leica which started off their stop animation with Coraline or caroline Mm. how you pronounce it and uh they're they're not um they they don't have a long list they started off in 2000 i click something and then i uh they started in 2005 and they've only done Under Twa Cat Sink. Six movies. Oh, mm. shoot. That's five. Uh, <laughs> they've done Coraline, Parrot, Norman, The Box Trolls, mm. Kubo, and The Two Strings, count them two, and recently The Missing Link, which apparently was good, but nobody went to go see it. Mm. So people could say that, um, you know, not a lot of people are really are going to see stop animation movies, but I feel like stop animation is the stop animation to animate to film is what like filming something on a film is to stop. What I'm saying is uh, animation heads love going to go see Leica films. Hmm. They're like, this is true art form of animation. And then, like, for filmmakers, they're like, ah, shooting this on a film on a 35, you know, millimeter camera? That, you gotta go see. Hmm. That's so what it I think seems, is. So, it seems like the, the main people right now are the, the what's it called? Nick Park. It's Nick Leica, Park. Nick Park. Also, we forgot to even mention Wes Anderson. With oh, Isle of Dogs sh- and uh, Mr. Fantastic Fox. He's kind Fantastic of become Mr. a Fox. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, there's also um, Aunt Melissa, which is the Charlie Kaufman film from 2015. Oh, my um, goodness. Actually, there's a guy who, you know, there's a lot of stop animation TV. We talked about a lot of, like, stop animation movies, but there's a lot of stop animation TV shows that are pretty weird Hmm. i'm pretty like like, well i mean currently you had uh you had things like um the shivering truth that i told you last week about uh that's pretty trippy um but to your point about the amelisa guy he is let me tell you who that was um he also helped make this tv show called uh, moral oral which i was a huge fan of for like talk about 
Talk about like uh, obsessed with that show. I loved that show uh, for a moral while. But oral. The... Moral Oral. Oh, Did yeah, I ever you tell you about that show? It was the Adult Swim show. It was the Adult Swim. It's an early Adult Swim show, but it's based. It's like a parody of the Davy Davy and Goliath show. Yeah. Um, but it like really breaks down on like religion and it's like a town that does like like if you feel bad then that's a sin. Yeah. And like everybody in the town listens to nothing but Christian rock, but the dad's like an alcoholic and it's a it's an interesting take by Dino Stepanopoulos. But that's not the guy who did the um the animation. I'm trying to see who did the animation. For Amelisa or Amanet? Yeah, because the guy who did the animation for Amelisa, he did Amelisa, he did the uh, Moral Oral, and then another thing called Frankenhole. They're pretty. Uh, they're pretty weird. Oh, this is who it is: Duke Johnson. Hmm. Duke Johnson, uh, who's not done a lot of films. Oh, oh! Guess what? This guy also did the stop animation for Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas, uh, the Community episode. Wow! Yeah, so he's so got there's a... a few. There's there's just a handful. I feel like, uh, you know, it's it's an old art form that I think, especially with CGI nowadays, it's it is the aesthetic. Well, before we get into the films that we watched this week, because I watched a lot, um, why why stop animation? Why? Why stop... should I? Why should? Oh, give why... A... oh, gotcha. Why should I go watch stop animation? What about stop animation appeals to you more so than say, or in a different way than say a cartoon? Um. Wow, yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. That's like asking why does one like to re- well no that's an obvious question i was going to say why does one <laughs> like to relieve themselves but um oh why does one oh, that that's an, an easy answer too i i just it's an aesthetic. i would say here's let me it's, say it's a okay. oh thank you no yeah, yeah i will say um it's it's something first like you can tell that it's real so i think it's a little bit more grounded um but so it's not like a cartoon where a cartoon I feel like there's an immediate fourth wall put up that like you see it like it's a different whole different world. Um and even though like you can make the claymation look like a different world and stuff, it's still you still know that it's real. Um so I think there there is a a connection to what's going on. Uh more grounded in in not even in reality. But it's just cartoons are just so distant. It's it, just another it, world. Well, this looks it's like fake. it could be. It I mean, could it looks, be real. Obviously. It could be like it, it's like it feels like it's more. Oh, inside that, someone's mind as opposed is so, to written on the wall. Right. Actually, that's what it is. Cartoons look like it's in another dimension, somewhere yeah. like you would have to travel to. A uh, stop animation looks like my pencil could come to life and uh talk to me like it just it makes real live actions and it it just makes it feel it's this uncanny valley but it's like an a fun uncanny valley of like oh this clay thing is moving and doing figures that you know people usually couldn't do mm -hmm. um and like it just 
because it looks choppy. Like it looks like you know, it's not as smooth, but it's that it's unsmoothness. Kind of smooth. No, I mean it's smooth, but there's like a I forget the old adage of like most stuff is on one zeros, and I always forget what it's like an animation term hmm. of like actions are on the ones and zeros, and that's why it makes it smoother. I, I'm butchering it, but um, I like the slightly choppy kind of like it just makes it look more um, like an animation. Like mm-hmm. if I'm gonna watch, that's my I guess my problem. Zach's problem corner. That's my problem with CGI is, yes, it's good to get to the point where we know it's real, but that's what makes CGI, I feel, like, different from animation. Animation is putting it out there, like, this is not real. Like, this is obviously not real. Mm -hmm. This is a whole other thing. CGI is like, okay, I wanted to make it look like this guy is fighting the moon. Actually fighting the moon. Um... Let's do CGI. If you did it with like a claymation, you know it's fake. That's yeah. why I think I think uh, remaking Mars Attacks would maybe be not. You shouldn't do it unless you had somebody who truly appreciates, like truly appreciates the style. Because I think Mars Attacks was made in an era when CGI was so new that the CGI looked so uncanny. And that's what made it so Are much more... Are they remaking more... Mars Attacks? Why did you bring that the... up? They're not, but I just feel like eventually... as to, like, I feel like somebody eventually will make another 1950s B-movie alien movie, but with, like, you know, a multi-million dollar budget. Mm. Uh, just, like, I'm, I'm just saying you could make the Mars attacks um, aliens look so much smoother and look so much more real. Well, they have, but I mean like the actual aliens, I just think that there was a cheesiness to their design. I actually would be interested to see those aliens like made to look real. They're they're definitely, that would be, maybe it would be scary. Maybe it would, maybe it It would be less of a comedy. I mean, that's the thing is Mars attacks is basically a comedy. Yeah. So it would be it would be a little less of a comedy. You know uh, what the Mars Attacks characters kind of remind me of? It's like anytime they do a CGI or a 3D animation of The Simpsons mm-hmm. or uh, Timmy Turner from anybody with bug eyes, they all look so freaky. Yeah. Um, but it's now that time. I'm glad we were able to talk about that. I have a lot of wonderful. I love clay animation, and I I would love to do it more so in my life. But uh, now we must talk about things we have seen. I can say mine real quick, so I'll save mine yeah, for the ahead. end. But oh, really? M- mine for okay. So what just came out today? Oh, not today. Sorry. What came out two days ago on Friday was Justin Rowland's new show, Polar Opposites. Um, it has the same art as uh, Rick and Morty. Basically, the same exact art style. Um, by the way, it's uh, it's. Voice. It's created by Justin Rowland and Mike McHannon, who uh, is a writer on Rick and Morty as well. I like it. It's it's fun. It's not like I've never. There hasn't been an episode of Rick and Morty where I was literally like laughing as you know, laughing my ass off, kind of like ha ha ha. It was more. It's always been kind of like huh. <laughs> That's fun to see, and like, oh, I didn't think about that. Or like, huh. Um, 
that's kind of how Solar Opposites is. It's more just kind of a, huh, okay. Um, but I recommend seeing it if you got a few, like, a you know, just want to throw yeah, on something. Yeah, I don't think it's, it doesn't look good to me. No, I doubt you would. No, it's probably not up your I mean, alley. I like Rick and Morty to an extent, but I just, I. This show does not reinvent the wheel. I'll just say that, but. Yeah, it looks like it's like, yeah, does not reinvent It's fun. The wheel. It's fun. Um, what else? What did you see? Oh, so oh, that was it. All right. Oh, so the um, two movies... oh, I saw. Sorry, I saw the Italian Job, and which is fun, the original. And then I also started watching um, this animated movie called The Watership Down, and which is beautiful. Um, but I had to stop it because I was getting sleepy. It was like mm. one o'clock. Anyways, so I watched so many films. Uh. So I'll go through them as quickly as possible. One, I watched Wicker Man, the original, mm. uh, which I loved. It's very much like Rosemary's Baby. Uh, and it, funny enough, I watched the the sequel, or not the sequel, the remake, like the one that's made fun of with Nicolas Cage. You didn't think it's, it was that it bad? Is, it is so bad, the remake. Oh. <laughs> they take, They just make it more confusing, and they just have Nicolas Cage just get, I mean... The angry. The other thing is, you know, like the famous scene where it's like the bees, bees. They yeah. took that scene out. The one that I was watching, like the one that's on HBO and on, on Amazon Prime, um, or Amazon. Um, it's they had that scene cut out with the bees, what? and I don't know why. Why? Why would but they it, do that? It that's seems a weird. Like scene. it seems strange that they cut it out. I think maybe the director was self-conscious because everyone was making fun of that. Ah, that's like but truly rewriting. They, I mean, that's it's like also, taking out. There's so much yeah. connection to the bees throughout the movie that it just it, it takes away like all of the connection to the bees. Like they just oh, keep that's... talking about the bees and the fact that he's allergic to bees and all these other things. And then they just took out that scene. Anyway, so I saw the first Wicker Man though is great. Um and then I saw uh two eighties films back to back, which made me realize I'm starting to think I do not like eighties movies. Uh, or at least 80s action movies um, because there is a there is some kind of mimicking of reality but still it's so sensationalized everything that it's like so not real but it's like trying to be real but it, like for okay so one of the instances the fly the great I loved the 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 like the and the visual effects of it was amazing obviously but the whole trope which i feel like in 80s movies and i don't even think this was as much of a thing in the 70s but in 80s movies uh like women would just fall in love with a guy with no like there's no lead up to anything it's just if it's a main character in a movie and it's a guy the woman would just like let's have sex now and but that, that plays. Was just, mm, it, it doesn't okay. play. She could have been his sister. Also, but she's a journalist, plays, by the way. Hold on, that plays she's out. She's a journalist. Why is they she... needed to have sex so that she could fear for her life that she's gonna have a pod child? I I that don't adds think to the horror. I I think they could have done it in different. I I think that's. I thought it was lazy writing, and maybe it is. So I don't think it was made for the writing. I think it was for like this guy slowly turning into a fly. 
I don't know. I just didn't like that, but I just thought it was. Uh, what do you think about Back to the Future, huh? Back to the Future is fine, but I, I think that's another movie that like it doesn't take itself too seriously. But it's, I mean, it's not. There's no sexist kind of. Maybe there is if you look at it in a certain way, but I can't think of anything right now. Uh, well, I think the one thing about Back to the Future that's strange is they hire. Oh well, I guess guy. it is. He his mom well, does kind of hit on him pretty quickly. Well, no, no, no. The thing that I that someone pointed out to me, probably some website, is it is weird to hire a man to be your like servant who you know tried to basically rape your wife. Yeah, that is that is. Why would you do that? <laughs> that's weird. No, but I, then the other film that I watched was Escape from New York, which. Oh. I I do like that movie, um, but I remember being bored by it when I was a kid. It was kind of boring. Since. It I don't really like John Carpenter's like action films. Like I didn't I didn't see Dead or um, They Live. Mm-hmm. But you said it's, you didn't like that. I thought it was. I think it's fun in clips, but I remember seeing it as a whole movie and being like, "Oh, this." I I think here's my thing. I think I like the 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 feel of john carpenter like his his characters like they seem larger than life but the actual movies they kind of are boring to me though like i said recently i saw because i feel like they would be kind of up your alley because they are like out there Mm -hmm. and it's silly and it's no like no offense to the guy but it's very like all right let's get to the ship okay now we're at the ship let's go to the dock yeah, and that's exactly what like uh, Escape from New York was, and I think this was like the first kind of film, like he did like this because it came out in eighty one, and it was all just that he had like this timer the whole time that was ticking down, and the timer was all over the place. It said he had a minute left. Two minutes go by in the movie, and he has and it's still five like seconds 50. left. Why? How did how did the cabbie know exactly where to meet them? Like he the cabbie had been gone for. Like Steve Buscemi, right? No, not Steve Buscemi. It was um, Steve. Oh, he's in the he's in Escape from L.A. I tried watching Escape from L.A. and I knew it was bad, but it is so bad. Like he has to play a basketball game to like get out of this. That's a John Carpenter movie. He has to play a basketball game to get out of like this death camp, and they're like, "You got to do a three pointer," and he's like, "Don't worry, I will," and he like shoots it perfectly. And then I they're think, like, you have to do it full court. And then he's like, oh, don't worry. I've already done it. And he throws he's it behind like, his cool, back. And he gets but it's, it it's, it's dumb cool. All right, we're definitely running out of time. Um, hey, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for watching, uh, listening. We'll be back next week with a new topic. And uh, stay safe, Spider-Man.